Dungeoneers! Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the D&D 5e actual play podcast that would totally jump off a bridge if all of their friends did. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined, as always, by my friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here. He's already in the water under the bridge. Yeah, I should have waited, because... Some of the kids up above are dropping big rocks. Oh, and I can God. tell you what, <laughs> it's no fun down here. Hey, Daniel, look out. There's another one coming down. I'm dropping it in like 10 seconds. Oh, God, no, not again. It, uh, concussion it, number seven. It's falling. It's going. That's a quick 10 seconds. Well, by the time it hits them, it'll be 10 seconds. <laughs> it's a really tall bridge. Uh <laughs> there it goes. <laughs> well, well. It's awful. Oh my god. Well, Janelle's here too. And honestly, she would jump off a bridge if she had the proper safety equipment. Which I don't have, so I'm gonna sit right here. Yeah, you're not and... gonna join Daniel down there because he jumped off without the proper safety equipment, which includes a uh, hard hat. Uh, yeah, no, I'm going to go beat up some of the kids that are throwing rocks, actually. That's my job. I, ah. I, and I'm going to toss him this, uh, here's a life jacket. Whee. Okay, now you will you come here. Stop throwing rocks. Today, today we learned that Janelle's a bully. <laughs> Beating up children half her size. Wow. No, they're fully my size. Let's be serious now. <laughs> I was going to say, Janelle's beating up children who are her actual size. Ah, crap, yeah. we can't say anything to her. She's doing what we said. Yeah, and they're throwing rocks, so that's not okay. <laughs> so we're going to either go like mom on them, or if they don't listen, then I'll get mean. I don't know. I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, Janelle, tell him. Tell him, Janelle. You're not my mom. I was going to make a, a, a sound with that, but I was like, that's a little violent for the radio, so we're not going to do that. <laughs> well, moving on. Nate's still not here, um, but fear not, dear listener. He will be back soon. He did not jump off the bridge with all the other cool kids. He will be back shortly, hopefully in the next episode or two. We'll see what his schedule does. But moving on from there, Joel's here, too. Oh. He's the one who convinced everyone to jump. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I have insurance on all you guys, so if anything happens. Yeah, is that is that why you paid me to drop all these rocks, mister? No, I did not pay you to do that. That would be illegal. No, no, you gave me you give you give me I a didn't. crisp hundred behind your car and you said make sure they don't come back up, and that's why that man down there's still floating around. Oh, He's not kicking anymore, though, oh, so that's God. cool, huh? Man, I'm gonna, I better call the police and tell them that you murdered that guy. What? No! I, uh, oh, no! Oh. He's got a life jacket on now. He's fine. The reason oh, he's not God. actively having to kick is because he's floating in the life jacket. Yeah. He's fine. He Thank waved. you, Janelle, for saving this. Yeah. Well, I think there's a I'm lesson okay. in here somewhere. See? There he is. And from <laughs> there, we have AJ. <clears throat> Hey we guys. just finished up a very, very long lecture about giving in to peer pressure, but luckily for the listener, it was all off mic. And this is why they don't let me edit, because I would have kept that in. No, we don't let you edit because you've got a shitty computer because you threw it off the bridge, but that's a <laughs> yeah. completely different thing. Yeah, and it hit me in the head. What the heck? Oops. Yeah, now Daniel can't perform at his peak efficiency. Oh, darn. <laughs> We're losing so much. Yeah, if you yeah. do throw anything else off the bridge, though, I will also have to go beat you up, too. I, so. No, I didn't actually. That was Josh was lying. Okay, I'm watching you. Come on, Janelle, you <laughs> know me. being a bully again. You can trust Janelle, me. No, honestly, I'm, I'm going to change what I said. I think you would push kids off the bridge. Oh. No, no. As <laughs> a, as a lifeguard in my, past, in my past life, and not really just like... Well, before since I graduated, you had to live with it, I think you'd probably be more than happy to do it. <laughs> yeah, These stupid no, kids. I would yell at them. I'd just blow my whistle a whole bunch and then yell and then have them sit in timeout because oh they were goodness. running or screaming or shoving each other in and then holding their friends underwater when they're not supposed to. Or When are they supposed is, to? <laughs> they're not. And then I when yell the... at them and then they 
Their friend comes back up. They're freaking out. They sit in timeout. Mm, so or or you have them go down the slide, and they're like you know five feet tall, but they panic, and you're like put your feet down, and they don't know what they're doing. They're panicking. You grab their feet and you put them on the ground. They stand up and they're like whole belly is out of the water and up. I'm like, good. You're not allowed to go down the slide again. Leave. Like it's a good time. Go be a <laughs> oh lifeguard. It's oh fun. <laughs> Say, I don't I don't have any lifeguard stories, but I actually do have a jump off the bridge story. Oh boy. Um, it's it's pretty dumb though. It's when I was like five or six. I was at my friend's place. Um and they had a pond and they had this little like bridge that went across the middle of their uh-huh. pond. Because their their pond was like a, a like a double lobed pond. So it had like oh, a really cool. thin interior. And they had this really short bridge that went over it. So it was like a literal like four foot drop from the rail of the bridge into the water. And they had a birthday party and kids were jumping off the bridge into the water and have a good time. And my dad wouldn't let me jump off the bridge into the water. And he actually pulled that that saying on me. If all the kids. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, that's amazing. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, about an hour later, I had a dog knock off knock out my tooth on the other side of the bridge at one point. Oh, yeah. But, so that just wasn't your day. You know what they say. You know, if all your friends crossed a bridge, would you? <laughs> yeah. Yep. If, all your, if, if all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you get your tooth knocked out? By a no. dog on the other side. <laughs> By a dog. <laughs> Nowhere near the bridge. <laughs> yep, exactly. Thus began my fear of dogs and my hatred of bridges. Uh, that's why you're not an architect. Okay, gotcha. It's exactly why I'm not an architect. It has nothing to do with my uh, lack of uh, architectural uh, skill. Mm, I wouldn't say skill. Desires would be the word. Mm, I could do it if I wanted. Uh, to be to be fair, I though, built like, the all best it damn is... bridge you've ever seen, <laughs> and then <laughs> to, I would be... jump off of it into the river below and give awesome. you a thumbs up from the river below. Great. It, to be to be fair, Josh, the all it takes is one slip on the railing, and then you hit the water wrong, and things just go south really quickly. So, like to be fair, he he did have a point. What if you were they jumping just got north? Technically, lucky. no, AJ, AJ. I was six years old. I knew more than my dad. Okay, I could have jumped off that fucking. Bridge. <laughs> all right, you say so, Josh. All right. Oh well. Well, anyway, <laughs> speaking of jumping into the water. You guys ready to jump into the session and play some D&D? This intro has gone on for long enough. I'm tired of talking about bridges. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to get in dirty water. No. <laughs> no. no. Dirty water. Yeah, no, we got dirty it. Water. No, we got it. No, Daniel. <laughs> All right, well, before we, before we jump in the water and get dirty... I will give us a quick recap. We will forget this intro ever happened, and then we will jump back into the action. So last episode, it was an interesting event. Our adventurers took their imprisoned elves and had a lengthy discussion on the morals of killing them or taking them prisoner or leaving them behind to be discovered later. And in the end... One of them ate poisonous berries and the other was stabbed by Gunner. So <laughs> some of us may be a little bit concerned about the, the paths our adventurers are taking. It's getting a little dark. They're starting to become more and more ruthless, much like their enemies. So we'll have to wait and see how uh, this resolves in the future. But for now, we'll jump back into the scene. Our adventurers are awakening on a warm late spring, early summer morning. The birds are starting to sing and fill the air with their bird song. A light breeze is bringing the fresh air of the mountains down into their campsite. They've got a small fire going. They're cooking a very simple breakfast, just some basic meats, maybe some dried bread and berries. And looming in front of them is a large opening in the cliffside at the edge of this valley. This entrance to the tomb of the legendary hero, Anita Kalnish. So we'll jump back into what our adventurers are doing. What's their plan for today? What's their attack method? How are they going to accomplish their task of, of raiding this tomb and 
plundering it of all of its treasure, as you told me verbatim. Yeah, well, my idea was just to uh, walk in blindly. <laughs> now, so I think the the night before, before we had our big rest, Gunnar would go around and tell everyone, I saw a thing in, 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 in there. there. There was a person standing. I swear I saw it. He's just like raving to the rest of the group. What What did they look like, Gunnar? They were standing there. Gunnar gets really close. Menacingly. That that's told not a me nothing. <laughs> well, that's all I saw. I didn't see what they looked like. I just saw Zaver standing there. So, do with that what you will. I'm going to go back to pouting over here, so. <sighs> <laughs> wow. It's really leading into it, huh? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Hey, Aegon, since you seem best in the dark, could you take a look and see if you see anything? Yeah, I'll, I'll take a uh, big look in in the in the cave. Here yeah, we go. Is this the is this the night before or the morning? This it's is not, the morning. I, oh, this is morning, morning time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I'm looking in the cave. So now Gunnar's sad. <laughs> I don't <laughs> see anything in the cave. Aegon <laughs> looks into the crevice and he sees there is a tunnel. It goes away, and then it kind of looks like it opens up into a small chamber, but he can't see anything in there. There's nothing in the cave. Interestingly enough, though, I think Aegon does see, since he's got some superior night vision, Yeah, he does see there is actually some light oh. deep into the cave. Oh, you know what? There's, there's, I think there's some light in there. I don't know what it's coming from, but it's not a human being. Do you think we should have rope buddies? No, I think we should just walk on in there. Okay. I mean, if you don't want to be my buddies, that's that's fine, Aegon. You can just no, say that. No, I think Fio wants to be your buddy. Right, Fio? Actually, funny enough, as soon as Gunnar turns around and look at Fio, he already has rope out, and he was going to like wrap it around his waist. He already has his tied up. Oh, his see? My whisper thing worked. <laughs> Vez like gives him a low five when the when no. the other two aren't looking. Aragon, what <laughs> that was that? Didn't huh? What? No. What was that, Aragon? I don't know what you're talking about, Feel. You said something something corked. What? No, I didn't say anything. I think you're crazy, boy. Hey, that's not cool. You know we have worms in our head. That's not fair. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's get ready to go into the cave. You, know, you can't just say all right and uh, whatever. He, he finishes tying up. Here we up go the rope. and feet. Uh, <laughs> I love how he called you boy, despite you guys being very close in age. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I'll walk in the back. Don't worry. No, I got the back. Okay, fine. You have the back. No, I'm kidding. That's silly. Why would I be in the back? I'm supposed to be the tank. I'll be in front. Uh, all right. Yeah, if you guys are tied together, though, you better make sure you you do that on whenever we get into combat. Well, it's just like a loose yeah. rope. It's just like to hang on to. It's not like tight, tight. It's just like real loose. Like here, gonna walk two feet that way. Up, oh, look, it slipped off. Well, what's the point of that? Well, so we can hang on to it. And oh, then, never like... mind. Let's just go into the cave and quit yeah, wasting let's, time. Let's please go in the cave. Please. <laughs> 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 all right. Ask so our the heroes get to the answers. <laughs> so our heroes clean up their campsite. They put out their fire. They get their supplies and they make sure they're well hidden. Uh, they take their wagon and they like I don't know throw branches on it or something and tell the horses to not move. Well, Sorry, mules, mules not mules. horses. Thank you. Thank you. Was it, it's Jason and Bjorn, right? Are the ones you guys yep, brought? Yep, th- those are the ones. Jason and Bjorn. Yeah, good just, boy. Mule. You, you give them the one of those like. Uh, what do they call it? It's like a bag you can put over the horse's muzzle. Like a feed bag? Food. Yeah, like a feed bag. You just put feed bags and you say, shh, yeah. just eat and don't make noise. And you dressed them up like bears. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. Oh my God, is that a bear? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, bear noises, run! <laughs> yeah. So then our heroes just, well, they're, they're pretty sure that their campsite's well hidden. Uh, make their way into the cave. So they make their way through this large kind of crevice in the earth, and it opens up a little bit into a 10-foot-wide passage. And they go forward maybe 5, 10 feet, and it opens up into a 
small like, kind of chamber area. Roughly 20 feet wide at its widest, but thinning out as it gets further and further down until it just becomes another tunnel. And this tunnel stretches forward for another 40 feet, and it looks like it opens to a large chamber. And now that you're in this dark stone cave, you can see some orange light, like barely flickering in this chamber up ahead. But as you walk forward, you see a dark figure step out from around the corner. And he walks forward down the tunnel just a few feet until he's about 30 feet away from you. And you can see some of his basic details. It's really dark in here, so those of you with dark vision can see him pretty well, I'd say. But he just looks like an old man. Very weak. He's just he's dressed in tattered clothing, just like a robe to protect himself from the elements. Some clothing that looks like it hasn't been washed in years. He's got a long white beard that spills down, probably about down to his chest, and long white hair that's about as long as the beard. And he's using a stave to help himself walk forward. And he just walks into the middle of the tunnel and stands there and stares at you. And he just continues to stare until it just becomes uncomfortable. He doesn't make any (laughs) other emotions or movements. I think pretty quickly, Gunner, as soon as he's coming into view, Gunner starts to point and goes, ah, menacing. Oh, wait, it's just a a beard old guy. An old guy, you say? <laughs> ah, it's him. Kill him. I mean, I don't, don't, don't kill him. But run. Feel just pass. I'd like to dare you to try, old guy. The young don't have any respect for their elders these days. And he starts to hobble forward a little bit. You got some meat with ya? <laughs> I feel like I've, I. I I feel like everybody kind of just slowly turns to look at Theo. What? <laughs> Some meat, boy. Like food. Oh, I mean, I have food. I've got jerky. Mm. Give it to me. And he, he's like coming forward. His staff's clacking against the stone floor and it's echoing through the tunnel. And he's just making his way straight towards Theo with his other arm outstretched. Um, uh, oh, hey, hold on, hold on, slow down, slow down, sir. I, I'll get it for you, but could you please stand back a little bit? If we don't know, you don't know us. You don't know if we're, like, evil or whatever. Nah, don't worry. I am not afraid of you. Well, okay, but I'm a little afraid of you right now. <laughs> and he just ke- he keeps walking towards, and he, he ends his movement right in front of Theo, and he has his hand, like, thrust out right in front of him. <sighs> Jeez, okay. Listen, I'm always happy to help. I've got lots of rations. We have like 10 days worth of rations here. And he just like, it's mostly beef jerky. So he, that's what his rations are, is mostly beef jerky. <laughs> <laughs> so he gives him like, I don't know, like a half a day's ration worth of beef jerky. He takes it and he immediately starts downing it. Uh, you can right, see right. despite this decrepit appearance, his teeth are all very, very like well kept. And he's just munching on the beef jerky. And then he goes and, like, like leans against the wall and eats the entire half day's ration in, like, a minute. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, so do you know what anything about this place that, that you might want to share with us since we gave you some meat? <laughs> and he looks right at Gunner. And he says, I've only just met you and you're already asking about this place. Yeah, that's a little presumptuous. Let me enjoy my meal. Yeah, Gunner, I don't like being talked to. I'm, like, digesting either. And especially you. You don't even like being talked to in general lately. So, like, give him a minute. Plus, you've just finished your own breakfast. That's true. Relax. Let it it settle in your your gut for a little bit. If you have pops a squat. Gunner doesn't sit down. He's like, "Mm." Gunner, if anything, just leans a little bit on the wall. He doesn't trust this guy. He so, looks up. He looks up at Gunner and he says, "Sit down." Now oh, wait a minute. You just met me, and I asked you a question, and now you're just telling me what to do. Sit. 
Down. Gunner, we're likely in his home. Yeah, Gunner, you... come on, man. Come on. What are, what are Revez and Aegon doing? Tuo has already sat down. As soon as he said sit, Tuo just hopped <laughs> <laughs> squat. Good boy. Yeah, yeah uh, Aegon sits down. Uh, I think Vez will squat. <laughs> Fine, because my friends are sitting. Not because you told me to. I will sit. And Gunner just sits down. <laughs> and he looks satisfied, and he starts licking his fingers. And then, after a whole minute, he turns, and he says, So what brings you here? To my humble abode. Uh, see, Gunner, I told you, this is his place. For tourists... I thought we were looking for treasure, Gunner. No, hey. Ah, treasure hunters, huh? Yeah. And you can well, see, like, there's, there's, like, a twinkle in his eye. Yeah, our, our I friend, like your honesty. Our friend Vez here has a whole map that led us here. She found it in a book. Oh. Yep. Yep. A forgotten legend, perhaps, or even more a myth. Yeah, well, you know, when you really like a, a myth sometimes you want to go see if it's true so. let me see it and he, he stands up and he hobbles over he kind of makes his way between a seated Fio and Gunner and he's making his way towards Vez can, uh, can Fio make a perception check just to see if he has any other weapons or anything on him because he's yeah. holding his axe tight to his hip but he's not making any movements yeah that's a that's a 10 <laughs> no, he's the, this guy's not hiding anything. He does not have anything on him other than his staff that he's carrying. Okay, cool. And he makes his way over to Vez and he says, Can I see the book? I want to see the book. Okay, and she reaches in her bag and pulls out the original book that led to all of this and gives it <laughs> to him. And he grabs it and you see him, he opens it. He looks at it for 10 seconds and turns the page. Five seconds, turns the page, and you see he's just turning a page every five seconds, but his eyes are like scanning the book. And he gets probably about 20 pages in and he snaps it shut and passes it to Vez and he says, Garbage. Whoa. Garbage? None of it's accurate. But it led us here. Led you to the location, but everything else is wrong. Well, shoot, that stinks. what What do you mean by that? There's nothing here for you. And he kind of makes his way back up the, the tunnel, and he, he's just starting to walk. He's like, there's nothing here for you. Might as well turn around and head back. So who are you then? That is none of your concern. This is my home. I protect it. From And he what? turns, and Vez sees like a twinkle in his eye, and he says, and I will not let anyone pass into it. She kind of smiles. I see. So... Everything in the books is inaccurate, then? Uh, interesting. <laughs> what is the dragon's name in the book? <laughs> there, there, there is no name given to the dragon. Oh, okay. So, if everything's inaccurate, I mean, we've come all the way out here. Would you mind telling us the real story, then, since you know it? <laughs> it's basic. Your hero was buried here. First came the tomb, then years later... The story spread, and they built the rest of the structure around her. Truth decayed into legend, and then legend faded into myth. None of these stories are true. There's nothing here for you. Just a rotting dead body deep in these ruins. I mean... Be best by ignoring stories written by scholars, unless they've had first-hand experience. History is always written by those at the top, never by those who experience it themselves. Do you think we'd be able to pay our respects to her? Hmm. Is that what you really want, though? I mean, we came all this way. If there's nothing else here, then the least we can do is pay our respects to her. Because she's, I mean, part of the reason that we've been able to survive. How so? Tell me, how has this impacted your life in any way, shape, or form? Well, it's allowed the people in the area to survive in this region. And having friends from this region, that's allowed me to meet them. And we've started to build our own life here now. And I mean, none of that would have been possible if she hadn't done what she'd done. (laughs) 
That's what you say. And he starts hobbling towards you guys, and he walks up to Theo. Open your mouth. What, oh. what do you mean? He reaches up and he grabs Theo's <laughs> chin and like squeezes to like open his mouth. <laughs> Let me see your teeth. What? They're fine. I brushed them already. <laughs> he walks over to Tuo. Tuo just looks up at him, scratches Tuo behind his ears. His tail Good wags. <laughs> Goes over to Aegon. He grabs Aegon's one of Aegon's horns and like just unceremoniously pulls it close so we can look at it. Aegon kind of has to like stumble down a little bit. Goes over to Vez. He just grabs her left hand and starts inspecting her knuckles. He lets go and he goes over to Gunner and he just looks into Gunner's eyes. Hmm. He just kind of grunts and he keeps staring. What are you seeing? Is there something cool? See my reflection. That's That's how eyes work. They're shiny. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. We are looking for something poetic, perhaps. Yeah, I mean anything. I mean, I, 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 honestly, at this point, I'll just take something that'll get me jazzed instead of just being scared all the time, you know? Hmm. Well, perhaps I will let you into my home, but perhaps yeah. you could do something for me first before I do so. Uh, okay, but okay. what's that? There's a beast in the forest who has been making life difficult for me. I want you to kill it and bring me its head. Otherwise, I will not allow you entrance into my home. What what kind of beast? Beast of the sky. Black feathers. Blocking the sun. A breath of fire. Strike of a meteor. Yeah, I I think we've met one of those before. Kill it. Bring me its head. I will accept no replacements. And then you'll give us a tour of your cool crib here? <laughs> Said nothing about a tour. And he kind of like starts to walk back up the tunnel and he's not stopping. He looks like he's walking deeper into the cave. He just says, I'll just let you in. That's it. Well, fair enough, I guess. Okay, we'll go kill it, I guess. And he <laughs> just, and he, as Vez is saying that, he just disappears into the, into the cave. That was one of the weirder encounters we've had. Yeah, you don't say. Let's go kill this thing, I guess. So we can yeah. continue on. I mean, what the heck? If if there's a beast that's too tough for an old man, I mean, it can't be that bad. <laughs> Gunner? Gunner? Stop. Stop. I, yeah. I know a lot of very old people who would absolutely wipe all of our butts faster than we could even blink. So please. <laughs> well, that's kind of gross. <laughs> why, why, why had we not viped before we came in? He was trying to keep a straight face, but he's dying. Fine. You know what? How about this? I'll stop using whatever I was using. They would have us all dead on the ground, covered in our own blood before we could blink. How is that? And she turns around and walks out of the cave. That wasn't very uh, fun. Wow. <laughs> At least I would have been viped by the time that happened. <laughs> She flips him the bird as she uh, exits the cave. Oh, right. That's how that's how she is. Gonna just kind of sighs and sort of shambles on out of the cave. So as soon as Vez leaves the cave, she walks out into the sun, and she hears a shrieking roar oh, in the no. distance to the west. Oh my god! Relatively far, far away. No, sorry, to the east. Oh, okay. I, me- I meant the I meant the east. <laughs> Not that it makes any difference, but she is it from the east, and she remembers it from when you were ambushed by the Iferas on the road. Oh, yeah. Okay, well, Easy. at least it's not a cockatrice this time. Let's go. <laughs> well, the Iferas is worse than a cockatrice. You know, they had a lot better, they did a lot better against Iveros than they've done against true. some cockatrices. This is so actually true. She's had I... fewer near-death experiences with that one than she did with the cockatrice, so... Which is saying something, because she has a lot of near-death experiences, so... Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I think Gunner's gonna walk with his weapons out, just in case. He's He's, he's got his eyes peeled. Alright, so it's far enough away. You heard the call, and you know that it's a short distance off, but you are gonna have to track it really quick. Yeah. Well, not really quick. We're talking, like, probably an hour or two of tracking. Very quick. So... 
You guys are going to give me a series of nature checks since you're so enthusiastic oh. about killing this thing. So uh, you guys can either do it as a group and have it be group checks, or you can choose one person to be the like leader and have them be the ones to make every check. If you guys do a group check, remember, if at least half of you succeed, then you succeed, or you can choose one person to be your one try. Now, to, to clarify, is it a nature check or is it a survival check? Oh, uh, sorry, survival. This would be survival. Okay, much better I don't better remember if this. I said nature, but if I did, that was wrong. <laughs> okay. I'm much better at survival checks. Same. I'm much worse at survival checks, so... I have no bonus to survival checks. Gunner is not trained in stalking animals. I mean, I'd be, I'd be, uh, I'd be good at doing like a group check. I mean, I, I guess the thing is like, are we all kind of eh with survival, or is anyone like really good at it? I have a plus three, but I don't know if you would consider that really good. What does Theo have? Yeah, plus three. So two plus threes and two plus zeros. Well, and two gets is, gets help is helpful maybe, you know. Does he have a plus something? Well, <laughs> does he get advantage from his? He has a plus uh, four. Uh, let's just have. Let's well, have two only. <laughs> just have two. Yeah, here we go. No, he has survival. <laughs> it's it, it's. Is it survival? He has survival plus it is four. Survival. Yeah, we oh, could just have him true. track it. He is like a hunting breed of dog, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, yes, yes. That makes sense. Let's just have Tuo track it. Oh, yeah, he really him. does have plus four. Sorry, I didn't see that before. Yeah, it's always got plus four. But, I mean, that also means that three of us have it, like pluses to it. So we could, we have a, like, a pretty good chance of having at least half of us do it. By those odds, I mean, we'd be good either way. Okay, so yeah, you guys can probably use Tuo to sniff around. So I, I like that. That works. So. For this tracking, I mean, do you think his keen hearing and smelling would factor into this? Definitely. I mean, he's oh, literally a hunting dog. Okay, I was just wondering if it was like that was for like individual, like small checks for like individual things, or if this if it'd be good for like long duration things like this. That's where I was. Like, I mean, if, we if you guys have fought a night Veras, he can probably sniff one out. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's very intelligent cool. too. So if I if I if I. Well, we still need to have something to reference it because get I don't really necessarily have a command that going. says find a knife for us. Get. He's, AJ, I, I get what you're saying, AJ, but he's basically a party member, so we'll, we can we can waive that aspect of it. AJ, he uses okay. a sword in his mouth. All right. Yeah. He does. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he lots of dogs sword. can wield swords. Have you seen those TikToks? <laughs> <laughs> I apparently haven't. They're really fun. They're they are really great. funny. It's just the, the dog will like just pick up a kitchen knife and run after their owner with it. It's really funny. I think one oh, guy had I like a, a Minecraft sword or something that was really funny. Yeah, there's one specific dog where they've trained it to pick up like plastic weapons and oh, they pretend like, to have fights. There, yeah, there was one I saw of one that grabbed a machete and it was just getting really excited. So its owner had to keep blocking the machete with like a skateboard. Oh my god. It's awful. <laughs> anyways, anyways, yeah. Let's have Tuo do it. Let's have Tuo do it. Okay, here we go. Here right, we so go. Yeah, the wind, the wind's blowing through the trees. It's rustling the leaves and it's bringing smells right to Tuo's nostrils. Here we go. Oh, that's pretty good. Double eighteens. That's a uh, twenty-two. All right, so Tuo leads you guys a kind of little bit deeper into the woods. It's getting more forested in this area. And he comes across some trees that have just been completely scratched up, like thick, deep claw marks in them. And he sniffs around it, and he runs off again. He's on the trail. Give me another survival check. Okay, here we go. Uh, let's see. That's a 17. Okay, he keeps running forward, and he comes across an area. He's sniffing around, making a big fuss. You guys run over. And you see there are what appear to be eggshells in the ground, like the remnants of giant eggs. Looks like they're pretty old, but oh, he, no. catches the, he catches the scent and he continues to charge forward. Give me one more survival check. Okay. <laughs> There's a night for us for each of us. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, it's a 19. That's a 23. All right. He's leading you further, further in. 
And finally you come to a kind of a, a descent. The earth kind of gives way and it leads into a uh, small ravine, kind of a big, kind of a recessed area. And you can hear sounds up ahead. You can hear the squawks and low rumbles of the Ivaras. Through the trees, you can see the, like, kind of, you can see its shape as it moves around. And by the sounds it's making, you believe it's eating something. Does this seem like it's a, like an adult, like fully grown? It looks like it's the same size as the one that attacked you guys on the road. About a 40 foot wingspan, relatively powerful body, but it's pretty, like the forest is kind of thick. You're having trouble actually seeing it. Okay, can we make a perception check to see if we can find any others around the area as well? Oh uh, yeah, you we... guys can. If you you guys will have to creep a little bit closer, maybe another like 40, 50 feet. You'd have to get into this recessed area. I think it's a good idea. Do, do we have any stealth boosting abilities like for the group? Because I, I really think it'd be a huge boon if we could get the drop on this thing or these things. Well, Jasper could turn somebody invisible. <laughs> Should be nice. Yeah, but Jasper is not in the equation right now. <laughs> Say, and technically speaking. He could turn one person invisible. We all need to be there. That means you uh, I don't think we can. I think we're just going to need to try our best to be stealthy. Maybe we could send a couple people ahead to, to look out and then maybe move in the stealthiest. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I I feel like at this point we should all just close in. I mean, regardless, the answer is we have to attack while it's distracted. Yeah. Attack. Okay. So let's sneak as far as we can and then just attack when we have to. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, why don't you guys give me a group stealth track then? Yay. 17. Woo, Theo got a natural 20. Nice, so is it nice. Like 19 then for you? or? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a plus zero. So it's just natural oh. 20, 20 total. Okay. Uh, two did not do as great. He got like a 10. I got, I got a 22. I got a 10. Okay, you guys you guys did well enough. So you're able to sneak through the wood. You get into this kind of depressed area in the earth. And as you go forward, you reach a spot where the trees kind of clear out and you can get a better look. And you see this massive creature in this clearing. Again, it's very similar in build to a cockatrice. It's got an almost rooster-like head with a sharp beak and long saurian-like legs that dig up the earth, and then two massive feathered wings with claws extending from kind of the the crux of the wing before it makes the major bend (laughs) into the flight feathers. And then the long tail that ends in a club is kind of occasionally knocking against the trees and shuddering them and sending leaves uh, tumbling down. And it is currently eating... What well, appears to have once been an elk, and it's just ripping and tearing at it and gulping it down. But as you get closer, you can see there are some smaller figures moving around it, and they look very similar. They're beaked creatures about five feet long with more arms than wings. They look like they've got like proto feathers growing from them, but they're not fully developed. They're covered in kind of a, a downy fur as opposed to feathers, and they are much lighter in color, but they are nipping and biting at the body as well, and occasionally one of them will pop up and nip at the Ivaras, and it'll nip back at them lightly and then kind of shove its head and move them towards the, the main course again, and it takes you a few moments to realize that these are baby Ivaras, and they are... Uh, eating their their parents kill at the moment. So they seem pretty distracted. Oh man. Gotta kill him. I don't wanna. One, because it's gonna oh, be oh. a tough fight. Two, Fio doesn't wanna. This, this sucks. Yeah, sucks a lot. Hey, Josh, how far away are we from them? <laughs> how many feet? He sucked, Daniel. 
<laughs> you guys are about 60 feet away from them. As you guys are creeping closer, um, one of the little baby Ivoros goes up to the parent and it just kind of lightly nuzzles it and no. starts to play with it a little bit. They're no, hopping around. Josh, little, don't do little mock this. fight. No. It's so well, cute. It's a shame that training's going to go to waste here. Oh, no. Gonna make some... They're just going to grow up to attack people in wagons, AJ. It's, we have to do this. I mean, I get it's it. Some... But it's like, but it's like say that it's you know like with sharks and like with lions and stuff. You don't just go around and kill it just to kill. Well, no, we bad. we're killing to get into treasure. <laughs> it's so <laughs> much work. <laughs> yeah. Say, so at first it was the treasure, but now Vez is actually curious since she was just told that all of this hard work she just did wrong. So she wants to know what the real story is, and she's hoping maybe if they impress this old guy, that he'll tell them. I th- I think Theo will return back real quick and just whisper, Fez, what, what was the original story of of the of the of the hero? Like, what did she do again? She ki- right 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 now. Oh. Yeah she, yeah yeah. She killed a she killed a dragon and saved the entire area. I do not think that old man is who he says he is. And with him being so adamant about how wrong the story was, I'm kind of questioning his origins. He may be like me, or something else that's like me. So. What was throwing me off is that he he said that everything in that book was wrong. And if that means everything was wrong, maybe maybe the hero didn't kill the dragon. That's what I'm saying, Theo. Theo. We gotta focus up. We, we, we gotta go attack now, okay? No, Gunner, hear me out. I I get it, and if that was what we had to do, I, I get that, but they, just something seems off about this. And, you know, we can come back and fight this thing again. Sure, it may not be the best opportunity, but it, I, it just doesn't make sense why he wants to go out and kill something, because it doesn't seem like it's anywhere near that cave. And it just doesn't seem like it actually is bothering him. And I get that these things are dangerous. I just... If we, if we want to come back and kill it later, fine. But I, I think we should go confront him about this. This doesn't make sense. Theo, the time to have this conversation was like 400 feet ago. Well, if I just thought now, of it. Well, then, that, then uh, that's too bad. Well, no, it's we not too to late. We can go back. It's not too late, Gunner. As you guys are talking, the adult is going around and it it's like cleaning its children's like picking up their <laughs> or like get little bits of food out of it and oh. nuzzling them as it does so you're really de- you're, you, you, you're leaving no opportunity to just like every, every ounce of like dirt you can just like dig in here you just like get, get it in get it. I, you know what Josh if I could give inspirations, I would give you an inspiration <laughs> yeah. for dealing maximum emotional damage. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Just gonna. All right. I, I, I promise you, if if he says this definitely is what we need to do, I won't say anything else. We'll just go do it. I, I swear to you. I just I want to confront him about this. It doesn't seem right. Wait, Gunner, maybe it's a test. Maybe he doesn't want us to kill it because we would be cruel, evil people if we did it, and that would make us not not worthy of the treasure. I, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Gunner is literally just looking at the two, <laughs> at, at, at Fiona Aegon, like, he, he's sort of just like, in disbelief that, like, we're right here <laughs> and we're having this conversation right now like is this golden opportunity is like slow like eventually going to slip away or eventually we're gonna get caught and and gunner just doesn't have the words and he's like look we we are here right now we won't get this opportunity again i know what you're saying is we have to go talk but like we're not going to get another opportunity like this. Come on, it's right there. As they're fighting and they stop paying attention to Vez, she has slowly been pulling oh. out her bow. Oh. <gasps> and she uh, will knock an arrow and no. she'll look and be like, I want to see if dragons are real. And then she's going to let it go. No! <laughs> no. What? 
Did you shoot at the Ivaras? Did you shoot it at the roll? Give me an attack roll. Oh, yeah, wait. no, she shot it right at Fio. No. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what would she shoot? Did she shoot at the Ivaras or at a tree or what? Why would she shoot at a tree, AJ? Yeah. That doesn't scare make it away, any sense. Maybe she give, me, give me an attack Theo. roll. Okay. She's so done with all of them, so no one will make up their mind, so she's just going to. Please be decent. Oh, okay. So that's not too bad then. Uh, that's t- 21 to hit. All right, so the arrow flies through the air and passes right through the Eitvaras. I knew it! I knew it! And the Eitvaras and the three babies around it all dissolve into dust as the illusion is dispelled. <laughs> Holy crap, Look, they're magical. I called it! It was me! And you are all acutely aware of the sky suddenly becoming very cloudy. <laughs> that answers my question then, I think. Oh, gosh, I'm such a genius. Good job, Aegon. Now you get to try to talk us out of this because I'm probably going to die. (laughs) She just is smiling because she feels proud that she's solved the mystery, but at the same time, she's very scared that she is actually going to die now. So, So, so Josh, you said it's getting cloudy and and dark. Is it like there's a storm brewing or what's what's going on? It's like there's a storm brewing. In fact... You guys start making your way back to the cave and it starts to sprinkle and then it starts to rain and then it is pouring by the time you guys actually get back to your camp at the mouth of the cave. Vez, why why did you do that? Because all you want to do is argue. (laughs) That's all everyone wants to do anymore is argue about things. And honestly, I'm kind of tired of being afraid to take any actions at all mm-hmm. and running away. I am away. too, Janelle. Sorry, I mean, Bez. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you trying to kill it? Or were you just trying to see if that was a real thing? Like, did you was, know it was a fake? I didn't know it was fake, but I don't think the situation is what we thought it was at the beginning. Well, I haven't really thought it was in, since we met the old man. Honestly, like I said, I don't think he is who he says he is. <laughs> But you didn't listen, and then you proceeded to argue, and so I did something about it. I think he is something else. I think he's like me. Well, I don't know if he's exactly like me, but I think he's hiding who he is like like I do. You understand what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, no, I get you, I get you. He is not who he Probably. says he is, and I want to figure out who he is and why why everything is wrong in, my, in, in the books and all of my research, and I want to know what is actually going on. And no one would do anything, so I did something. Yeah, well, and well, I'm going to have to die with those consequences, that, I'm oh, pretty sure. That's a good plan, Vez. But here, I've got a plan, uh, another plan for you. What you're going to yeah. do is you're going to tell them that you knew it was an illusion the whole time. Okay, okay? I can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and <laughs> I'm, uh, Aegon's going to cast guidance on Vez and say, I, I believe in you, don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think you should lie to this guy. He clearly is more powerful. Uh, uh, Theo, that's the last last chance we got now, huh? Listen, a little lies. It, it's fine as long as you're not trying to cause harm to people. Lies cause harm no matter what. No, no. God, honestly, I, you know what? I'm going through a lot right now, but even I know that this, this fucking net of moral codes that you tie yourself in, Theo. It's exhausting, man. <laughs> like, honestly, like, just, just, just let, just let your desires drive you a little bit. Like, Jesus, whoever that is. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so you guys make your way into the cave. Fez has Aegon's guidance on her, on her, and you make your way down the tunnel, and the old man does not step out to confront you. Oh, well, I guess we passed the test, so let's go in, no, huh? Gunner, I don't think that's what's happening. Well, we should probably be very perceptive as we continue so we don't end up running into any more traps, people, whatever that guy actually was that he was disguising himself as. So, here we go. And she just is like, 
We're gonna go and walk. She's very curious, and she's trying to contain the curious and not get herself accidentally killed because she's being extra stupid. Oh my so. god. Gunner's greedy for treasure. Yeah, I noticed. <laughs> <sighs> Alright. So our heroes proceed forward down the tunnel, and the tunnel goes for a short way before it opens up into a large open chamber. So this chamber is really, really large. Like, well, that's why I said my description. It's about 40 <laughs> feet wide and about 35 feet deep. It's very irregular. They're like the walls are eroded in strange shapes. Um, and there is a massive chasm about 10 feet wide at its thinnest running right through the center of this chamber. And you can hear the sound of rushing water uh, at, coming from the bottom of this cha- this chasm. But there are also torches lit in this room. There are four of them. They're scattered almost in a circle around this chasm. Two of them are on the side you guys are on, and two of them are on the opposite side. And they all have brightly burning torches. And then you can see there is a sconce that is completely empty on the far wall, kind of to the northeast. And then up ahead, you can see the tunnel continues. And from your perspective, you can't see much, but you can see the cave seems to be giving way to structured stone walls. And you can see some stone tiles up ahead as well at the far end of the uh, small room. Well, not room, it's more of a cavern because it's a cave. You don't have rooms in caves. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Guess we make well. our way forwards cautiously. So as Fio takes a step forward, he suddenly feels an extra weight on him. And he kind of stumbles for a second. And he realizes just everything feels so heavy. He'll, uh... He'll kind of like just flex his arms a little bit and try to make sure it's not just in his head. And he'll, he'll look towards everybody and say, guys, I I think something magic or weird is happening. Like, you don't have to eat a lot of food. You feel heavier. Well, this is like 10 times that. Gunner steps forward, too. He wants to see if it's a thing. Yeah, your, your swords almost fall out of your hands because they suddenly almost seem like they double in weight immediately. And then even Gunner just feels his entire body like sagging down as if he was just lethargic like everything is just so much heavier and he probably takes a moment he realizes that his as he's like sweating from the exertion the drops Mm -hmm. are falling way faster than they should be gunner well gunner is gonna put his swords away for one um in the second he's like oh well I, i think my emotions are finally catching up to me guys getting the big sad over here. It's real heavy, you know. That was dumb, and this is a serious moment. But also, good job. Thanks. So, it just gets heavier. So, Josh, in your world, do people know what gravity is? Like, is that a general... Gravity's a thing. No, it does not have the same gravitational constant that Earth does, but there is a pressure keeping everybody on the flat world of Emerald. <laughs> And no, it's not because Hemeril's falling. All the flat earthers are probably getting really wet right now. But that's not God what this damn. is about. Yeah. So but no, so yeah, there there is a gravitational force in this chamber, and it seems to be twice as strong as the normal gravity. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, that no, makes it's super easy. so much easier. Don't worry. So basically, now, now that Janelle's asking the right questions, I'll presume that Gunner and Fio are walking forward. While in this room, your movement is halved. So, therefore, your like jump distances, your climbing speed, etc., all that is halved. And then you also have disadvantage on all your strength and dexterity checks. Ah. Okay. Feel will say back. I I don't know if you guys should come in just yet. Let me let me go see how deep this water is over here. Oh, feel it's fine. We're fine. Egon, come in. No, seriously, what if it's a trap? Aegon immediately just right onto the ground. He just hits the <laughs> ground. <laughs> so that's heavy. That's what I was talking about. Oh, it's fine, Fio. Oh, he's just crawling. He's literally on the ground. He's crawling. 
You have eight strength, Aegon. Oh, my arms feel like they're going to snap in two. Vez, can you please just hang back for one second so I can just see how deep this water is? Okay, I'll be here for one second, but if you don't hurry, I will sit down and scooch on my butt through the room. (laughs) Hurry up, Theo. (laughs) So Theo gets to the edge of this chasm, and he looks down, and the water is really shallow. It's maybe two, three inches deep. It is flowing rapidly as it's as if it's being pulled faster than it should normally flow. But that's not the only interesting thing he sees because he sees a glowing light and right beneath the empty sconce at the bottom of this chasm, he sees there is a torch in the water and the flame is still burning despite being half submerged. Well, that's peculiar. Is it? Does it seem like the, the fire is flowing with the water in any way, or does it just seem like it's sitting there? No, the torch is just on fire, and the fire is not being extinguished by the water. Okay. Phil will repeat this back to them. It just said that it's really weird, and he doesn't understand what this means, but maybe it's related to the what they saw earlier. Because that's not how water Oh, Phil, it's obvious that this is a puzzle, and we need to get the torch into the sconce, and it'll give us a way across, or either get rid of the effect or something. Come on. Oh, how did you just know that? Go, it's Aegon, the master puzzle solver. No, Aegon, solver. stop. It's me, and Aegon will crawl up to the edge. Can I Can I stand on the edge there? No, no. Fia's going to stop Aegon and hold him back. No, no, you're not going to stop me. Can I... Fia's going to restrain you're Aegon. You're not. He's going to restrain Aegon. A- yeah. Can Aegon get onto the ledge without falling down, Josh? Um, You feel the weight. You feel like if you get too close to the edge, you will, like... uh. You might fall over. So I can't go, like, next to the other sconce on this side of the chasm without falling over? Um, yeah, whatever, fine. I'll say, yeah, you can. Okay. Well, Aegon's gonna crawl up to there. No, no. Feel, Just let me toss feel, something feel, in feel, there to see shut if up. it's real. Shut up, Feel. Shut up. You know what? Shut no, up, Aegon, Feel. You keep saying that. No. I, I love this image of Aegon lying prone, crawling across the ground, yelling at Feel to shut up, while Feel is carrying Jasper C three PO style on his back, also struggling forward, trying to reach him, but being weighed down. Feel, Feel, shut up. And Aegon is chuck a rock no, in there. No, you're not, because Aegon's yeah, gonna cast Mage Hand. And what? spawn it where the torch is. It, what the hell? I just want to toss a rock. No. Why is this a big deal? Aegon wants to cast Mage Hand where the torch is, pick up the torch, and levitate it up and put it in the sconce. All right, and how much weight can Mage Hand up pick to up to 10 again? pounds. Okay. Well, luckily, torches are a single pound. Yeah. Or two so, pounds in this instance. Yeah, and two pounds in this instance. So Aegon lifts this torch and puts it into the sconce and then suddenly like dust like almost flies up into the air as the gravitational field <laughs> returns to normal oh jeez it's like I'm, an, I'm a genius here right Fio? Aegon how did you oh, know boy. that? Aegon how did you oh, know? Man. no seriously what the heck how oh, did you know and why out. are you being such a jerk you could have just said like no you, you weren't were letting that. me talk Fio, and that's not all what happened you just silently crawled across the floor no, and yelled Fio, at me Fio you were being very rude and Fez uh, walks what? in the room now Fez you have what to... the heck you're yelling over him. You have to let yeah. him talk. You have to trust That's me, Fio. Crap. I always I trust you, and you, you never trust me. You're doing it again, Fio. You're, you're, you're yelling over, over him. Me. hope you enjoyed this episode if you did share it and our other episodes with your friends family and co-workers your boss if you're daring visit our website to find your copy of a DD quick starter guide and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description there we discuss episodes dungeons and dragons and stem topics that we all love thanks again for listening we can't wait to see you here at applied dungeoneering some of the background music in this episode is from Monument Studios. Check out their other music at monumentstudios.net.